Today, we are sharing Netflix passwords. Plus, Rev Boston helps mold the sharpest females in tech and a tribute to the late Don Valentine. All this and more today on Recur Now. From ProfitWells Boston HQ, it is Tuesday, October 29th. I'm Abby Sullivan. And I'm Grace Gagnon. It's a beautiful day to subscribe. First up, your daily subscription digest. Hey G, are you a Netflix user? But of course, aren't you? Well, although I can't call myself a TV junkie in any right, even I have Netflix, so there must be something in the air here. Honestly, it's really just part of our culture at this point. But I have to ask, do you share your Netflix password with others? Very freely, yes, but if I'm sharing the password with an SO and things don't work out, I change it immediately. Sorry, boys. Well, my whole family is actually on one account. Can I get in trouble for admitting this? Well, the cops haven't come for me yet, so I think you might be in the clear, but I did hear that Netflix CPO recently announced they'll be clamping down on customers who share their passwords with others. Okay, but perhaps the craziest thing here is how surprisingly nonchalant Netflix has been in the past on this. And even moving forward, despite the news we're seeing about cracking down, listen to this recent input from CFO Spencer Newman. A little while, is that a password sharing or stealing or whatever you want to call it. Um, As we get to a more mature growth trajectory in the U.S., uh, does that come back into being something important for you to address? And how do you address it without, um, you know, alienating a certain uh, portion of your user base? How How do you strike a balance there? Yeah, I think we continue to monitor it. So we're looking at the situation and, you know, we'll see, you know, again, those consumer friendly ways to, to push on the edges of that. But I think, you know, we've got no big plans to announce at this point in time in terms of doing something differently there. Huh, that's interesting. Sure, there would likely be an uproar of users if the crackdown were hardcore. And I think I'd admittedly be one of them, but it kind of feels like all this password sharing crackdown news is pure clickbait, no? Oh, absolutely. But in all fairness, subscription is its business model. And this is naturally circumventing the Netflix way. Although Netflix is a streaming giant and apparently not super worried about these issues, this is an ongoing situation that online subscriptions have to address and deal with on the regular. In principle, you could share your password with anyone, and there's no single standard for metering this kind of stuff. Although I'm pumped to be able to share an account across five users, I'd still be willing to pay the monthly rate if the need came about, which is saying something about Netflix. I don't think I would be willing to pay the monthly rate if I couldn't share the password with my family, honestly, because there's Amazon Prime and Apple TV. However, Netflix is super solid in the brand loyalty sector. I mean, it took a DVD rental service and essentially turned it into a cultural icon. And its relentless focus on quality content has positioned the platform for impressive growth. Later in the episode, we have a clip from our show Trade-Offs on how Netflix must change as the market evolves and expands. And a spoiler alert, it sounds like Heaton Shaw is a password share himself. Mm-hmm. He sure is. Where do you stand on the password sharing debate? And as an online subscription company, how do you thwart the use of multi-users on one username? Email me at abby at to keep this conversation alive. And Rev Boston, a space to honor the top women in Boston tech, celebrates five years of bringing recognition and resources to female tech talent. The Rev Collective is now 100 women strong as of its fifth year, Rev 5. Sarah Downey, one of Rev's founders, says she and her fellow founders had, quote, a hunch that curating and bringing together a small group of high-performing women, plus having experts teach interactively about topics that may feel out of reach, could kickstart the group to achieve 
receive even more. She says she knows these women are already linchpins of their companies, saying, quote, but many have told us that things like angel investing, founding a company, or even asking for a career advancement they want and deserve were always intriguing but didn't seem possible. That's right. And out of the first four cohorts of Rev, 86% have been promoted or moved to a new company with a higher position. 19% have become a founder or CEO. 15% have joined a board and 31% have made an angel investment. Yeah, and although Rev does not claim credit for these outcomes, we know the assistance, network, references, and investments made by Rev are an addition that's welcome with open arms for these talented ladies. And among the four Forces to be reckoned with our very own Lillian Basher, ProfitWell's badass yet very humble global head of pricing. So nice to meet you. Essentially, I want to help you figure out how to get your pricing a little bit better. We're stoked to be involved with organizations like this in this space, lifting each other up for one common good. Now, a tribute to the late Don Valentine. American venture capitalist and founder of Sequoia, Don Valentine, has passed at the age of 87. And we see Silicon Valley leaders and business professionals paying tribute across Twitter. Sequoia posted a tribute to Valentine shortly thereafter, calling him quote, one of a generation of leaders who forged Silicon Valley. Since founding Sequoia Capital in 1972, Valentine financed several of the Silicon Valley companies that have seen the largest business and technology success, from Apple and Oracle to Google and YouTube. Among the contributions tweeted out was one from our neighbor David Cancel at Drift, with the following message, RIP Don Valentine. If you have never watched Don's lecture at Stanford, do yourself a favor and watch, bookmark, Rewatch. It is one of the most important lectures on starting a company I have seen. In this View from the Top talk from back in 2010, Valentine describes some of the insights that allowed him to lead Sequoia through almost four decades of disruptive changes, creating several new industries along the way. Here's an excerpt from the talk. Now I'll tell you about a real experience because one of the things that's true in my world, the art of storytelling is incredibly important. And many, and maybe even most, of the entrepreneurs who come to talk to us can't tell the story. So one day, there were three entrepreneurs, and by accident, there were three people from Sequoia. And this guy started at the Atom and was ranting about how they were going to change the world with this product. After 20 minutes, I just decided that we're not going anywhere. His other two founders were frustrated. So I asked him for one of his calling cards. He gave it to me, and I said, we're going to take a timeout. And during this five-minute timeout, you're going to write your business plan on the back of your business card. And then we'll come back and have you start over. And those are the only words you get to explain the ones that are on the back of your business card. <laughs> now, it, it was more humorous than not. This man, turns out, could write in microcode. <laughs> Learning to tell a story is critically important because that's how the money works. The money flows as a function of the stories. 
And in his 87 years of life, Don Valentine created an immensely impressive story himself. And that's a wrap on your subscription news. Up next, an excerpt from Tradeoffs, where Patrick Campbell and Heaton Shaw discuss the trade-offs of streaming giant Netflix. To access this episode in full, head to producttradeoffs.com. As always, we'll include a link to this content in your subscriber newsletter. Welcome to Tradeoffs, a show where ProfitWell's Patrick Campbell and Product Habits Heaton Shaw collect data to understand the trade-offs product teams are making. In this episode, Heaton and Patrick discuss what users think about G Suite and Office 365 and how the productivity landscape is evolving. Let's talk about Office productivity software. G Suite and G Suite. Office 365. Head to head to see who's winning. And, and I think they're both winning, it's essentially. A, it's a total of 600 responses that we got on these surveys. It's crazy. So, yeah. but I think what's fascinating is that like, you got to think about Microsoft Office for a yep. second and how it is 36 years old, something like that. 36 years old. I'm not old. counting correctly. 1983. No, crazy. you are. It's 17 plus 30, 19. 36 years, years old. old. They were perpetual licensed yep. for so long. Box software. Old school. And then all of a sudden they were like, we're going to do this cloud thing. Um, and they got 180 million active users. Here's what's interesting though. They did the cloud thing five years after G Suite launched in 06. That's interesting. And G Suite was 5 million paying businesses. 5 million So there's probably businesses. a lot of active users on that. So yeah. it's a little bit yeah. closer. So we don't have still. the exact metric there. Yeah. But like they launched in 2006. Yep. That's kind of wild. That's really wild. 180 million users. I feel like Amazon Prime, TSA Pre. I'm trying to think who else has 180 million like paying users. Apple as a whole. Apple, like probably, yeah, yeah that kind of Credit stuff. I mean, Spotify's got 70 million. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Pretty large. That's pretty wild. But anyways, so comparing these two products, like it's kind of fascinating because if you're in product... Like you want to study the competition, I think. In this case, especially. Yeah. These are the two prevalent options. Yeah. And what I want to point out though, yeah. is that these are products that are used by hundred over a hundred hundreds of millions, both yeah, of them. Absolutely. Hundreds of millions of users. All those users are very, very different. Yeah, they are. And at least in this sample of six hundred people, both products have high product market fit scores. They do. People are basically using these products daily. Yep. So, but what's interesting is that the number one reason people gave for G Suite is that they use it daily. Yeah. Right? While on Office 365, that's the third. And now a teaser for the ProfitWell Report. You've got the questions. How do podcasts and videos impact marketing growth? And we have the data. We looked at over 1.2 million different subscription consumers. Sign up at ProfitWellReport.com. And that is your October 29th episode of Recur Now. Check back here tomorrow where we do it all again. If you have news to share, email me at abby at recurnow.com and we will collaborate. We want the news of products you're launching, events you're hosting, the people you are honoring, so we can too.